Well, welcome back once again. Creo Collective coming at you strong today. Just having some fun. Well, thanks for joining us. If you remember, we've been dealing with a handful of conversations now. We started with how we hear from God. And then we went from there and we discussed what does it look like uh, to experience calling from God, to be called very specifically from him. And as we were ending that, we were trying to get into the really tangible piece of what it looks like for everyone to do this. And that's where I want to pick up our conversation. And what does it look like for everyone to do this? And I had mentioned this idea of apest, right? Apostle, priest, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. What, is it, what does it look like for us all to participate in using our gifts? And so I wanted to uh, turn it over now. Mike and Stephen, you want to just sort of get this conversation going of how can we, who can, that type of thing. Everybody can. Yeah, Everybody should. And podcast over. <laughs> the end. Drive safely, everybody. Yeah, everybody can. I think um, the language in Ephesians 4, and honestly, I'm, I'm just shocked at how many people don't. Um, understand their calling or their gifting. It's uh, it's actually it's insane if you think about it. Um, it would be the equivalent of to use a sports analogy. You have a, a football team and you know your your quarterback, but nobody else on the team even knows what position they are. And most of the churches that I talk to, that's that's sort of the. Um, the experiences that I've had with these churches is that their people don't even know their gifting. They don't, they don't know their calling. They don't know their gifting. They don't know how they're wired. And you think, how are we going to be an effective team and win games and that sort of thing if, if we don't even know what positions we are? And it's, it's very helpful when we understand um, kind of how we're called, how we're wired, how we're gifted, who we are, and what types of roles we can play and helping make a difference for the sake of God's kingdom. Then, then the team can really operate. It, and it just starts with knowing your gifting and your calling. And then from there, you want to grow in it and get better at your gifts and at your calling so that you can be more effective. Um, but Ephesians 4 says um, that the language is actually to each and every one of us are given these gifts. And it was written... Um, and read aloud to, to men, women, slaves, everybody, to each and every one of us are given these gifts so that the whole body would be built up and that we would attain the fullness of Christ, that we our ministry would look like the ministry of Jesus when we're all operating out of these callings. It's actually the only passage that says that Jesus gave these gifts to the church. It's, it's in the church. And the other passages on giftings talk about the Holy Spirit and I think really um, help us understand how we operate in our calling um, is enabled by the Holy Spirit. For example, if, if we have a evangelist gift, how do we operate out of that, that evangelist gift? Well, hospitality would be one way that the Holy Spirit would, would help us be effective evangelists is sharing our table with people. Um, but you have an apest, apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherd, and teacher. And if you think about those gifts, the, the first apostolic is 
how do we impact the region, the nation, the world? It's, it's an extension missionary kind of gift. It's about empowering, releasing, equipping, sending, coaching. Um, so, so you have that kind of uh, uh, the Greek word apostello, sent, sending. It's a missionary gift. It's an apostolic gift. Then you've got the prophetic gift, which is calling people back to the heart of God, um, standing up for injustice and, um, you know, let's care for the orphans, the widows, the outcasts, the marginalized, who's being left out, what are issues that we need to really stand up for and fight for. Then you got the evangelists who want to bring people around the table and share good news and be good news and see the family grow larger and care about the outsider um, coming in and being an insider. And you get the shepherd that's saying, okay, well, we need to love each other and care for each other and listen to each other and meet the needs of those that are around us. And you get the teachers who are saying, hey, we need to understand why we do what we do and um, have a good understanding of who God is and what he's about. And um, we want to tell really great stories and um, so, so you got your storytellers there. And it, I think it's beautiful. We can all connect with each of those, especially um, one or two of them primarily that you really can, can see yourself in those callings. Um, but it's even interesting that everyone uh, sort of thinks that the answer to the world's problems is their gifting. So, you said something in there that we can all relate to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we had talked about this earlier in the day and um, just on the side conversation we were having. I'm thinking about the extrovert and the introvert. And so you really break up society right into these two pods and then we talk about the gifting. Does it Does it play out the same way? Can you be an introverted evangelist or an introverted apostle? Can you be, because I think we look at it and we say, well, I'm not extroverted, so I can't do that. Uh, and so to the listener, I, I think, how do we challenge that frame of mind a little bit? Absolutely. You can be a, a introverted um, evangelist or shepherd or whatever. Um, in fact, I'd say this, I'm an extrovert and I'm actually solar powered. When I'm around people, I get more energized. I mean, I get, if I'm with a group of people, I just, I get crazier as the time goes on because I enjoy being around people. My, my wife's the opposite. She's an introvert. And so we're around a group of people at some point. She's battery operated. Her batteries are done. They're fried. She just needs to go and recharge. And we're, we're just wired different, differently that way. But I have found that introverts are terrified of me. You know, they, they're just like, oh, no, Mike's coming. And they want to go the other direction and get away from me because I'm, you know, um, passionate, full of energy, right in your face. Let's have fun. Let's do something. And they're just like, man, that's too much. And they kind of run the other way. Um, I've, I have found, one, there's, there's more, there are more introverts than extroverts. And introverts are the best people to reach introverts because they're less intimidating to introverts. So if if you think of introverted evangelists, they might do a lot of kind of one-on-one, let's grab coffee. 
and kind of listen and connect with people who are not a part of the community and bring them around the table. And there's a lot of kind of introverted evangelism that happens. They may not throw your massive parties, but they're still connecting with people that are outside of the, the community and doing it in, in a way that's uh, kind of fits who they are. All right. So, so hearing that then, I have nothing. I'm just, yeah. I'm sitting here listening, going, "Yeah, that is so good. That is so." Good. I, well, I think that's the thing. Like we we relate that too. I I want to maybe hit hot trigger button. <clears throat> Do you think that the apest gifting is the silver bullet? Um, in terms of if people just live into this, uh, the fivefold, like they will experience their calling. Personally, I, I don't see it that way. And I think we have to be careful, right, to say that it is the silver bullet. And you can, I would encourage, if you disagree, like, that, this is the place for that conversation so that we can hear both sides. But I think it's, um, it's not prescriptive. When I read that, I see it as a descriptive. Like, he's talking about what Jesus has given to the church. Because you can look there over and over. There's multiple facets of things that are given to the church for the embodiment of people using their gifting. And so how, how do we challenge people to, I think it's very important. Like, I think we need to live into our APES gifting because I, I see it as like the launching pad for the other as, aspects and avenues. So my wife is very, she's evangelistic, right? Like when, when she does this, her and I are very similar in this, but she has this amazing gift where our how our home for some reason is the place where people love, right? So we we take all our Halloween candy and we put it in a punch bowl. What happens? Everyone that walks in our house, they never ask, and we don't care. They eat the punch bowl of candy, right? And that's but that's what it's for. We have a drawer. We we take our our crisper drawer and we fill it with beer or seltzer or different things like that. People don't even like they just walk in and grab a drink and sit down and talk. She's like, why does that happen here? Well, I was like, Ab, you have the spiritual gift of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Like you make the home like a place where people can be released, sort of they feel safe, and then they engage. And we talk about Jesus. And so we're talking about how everyone can do this. And so I hear I'm thinking about the in- introvert, the extrovert. I'm thinking about the APES movement. And I just wanted That's such good news, by the way. I mean, what you're saying, I, I just, I think about our context and just um, each, each of our micro churches operate the same way. Some of our people have given out their code to their house so that when they're not home, people can come in, make themselves at home, eat their food, drink their drinks and hang out. And they're not even there. I mean, some of our groups, uh, the, the people that are hosting will go to bed and tell people, lock your door on the way out. Stay as long as you yeah, want. I've actually done, just, I've done I that. that. I'm like, I've, I've yeah. got to get up really early. Yeah. Just stay. It's I, okay. How, yeah. be, how, be, how beautiful is that, though? People are looking for, um, we, we have a, a very connected culture, but also a very disconnected culture. And people are starving for relationship and community and family. And families are incredibly unhealthy. And you say, this is such good news when people can come and really not feel like a visitor, but feel like family. I want to go back to the silver bullet 
uh, thought. Um, I don't think it's a silver bullet. I think it's a bullet, but I don't think it's the silver bullet, simply because Paul also describes us as part of the body. Hmm. Now, the hand has certain gifts that the foot does not have. (laughs) Uh, The eye does things that, you know, um, that the hand cannot do. And I think we... It's when our, we are exercising our gifts in the, in con, as, as individuals, but also in the context of the body. The corporate? The corporate, exactly. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very individualistic. I, I, you know, I, I've, I've said in previous podcasts, I'm half introvert, half extrovert. I like my alone time. And there's times I just really, I'm much more beneficial to the kingdom when I'm not around people. Uh, but, uh, cause that's when I do a lot of my thinking and planning and whiteboarding and all that, but all that to be said, um, it's the idea of when those gifts are working together, you know, when the apostle is working in partnership with the prophet or the shepherd or the evangelist or the teacher, or when, when you have them functioning in a way where the people that we are called to, to reach are experiencing the fullness of the body. I think that is probably um, the, the apex. There's no doubt in my mind. It is a missing, a, a, a sadly missing element in our church. But to point to one thing as the silver bullet, that this is what's going to do it, I think it's like jumping from one, from one ditch of the road to the other side of the, uh, of the road to, into another ditch. It's we can get so excited about that one thing that we lose sight of, of all the pieces. Well, even Alan Hirsch, who, who's written several books on this, calls it a, almost a silver bullet. He doesn't even go as far <laughs> as to say that it's, I a, like that. Almost. it's a silver bullet. But I, I think uh, let's give an a example of like a party. You have a party at your house and you have an evangelist that's at the party. You need the evangelist to bring people into the party and create a really awesome environment where we are good news and there's a great party happening and people who have never been in our home or in our home. It's great. Um, but you also need the shepherd because you have people in your home. There are people that are hurting and a shepherd who's going to listen and care for the person that's having a rough time and just be there to uh, connect really important part of the party you also need the prophets to go there are people left out of this party that should be here and we we are not including everyone and god's kingdom includes every person from every tribe nation tongue Mm -hmm. background and so the prophet makes the party more like the kingdom of god the evangelist makes sure that everybody's invited to the party. <laughs> the shepherd makes sure that people are cared for. Mm-hmm. The teacher's on the back porch um, just telling stories around a fire pit. And it it does create this beautiful dynamic. Can we all do this? I would say yes, together. Mm-hmm. You can't do it by yourself, but I was together. Say, you left out the apostle, together. but I realized the apostle's the one that says, hey, we need to have a party. We need more parties. <laughs> more of you should be doing this. Right? Have yeah. another party at your yeah. house. We need to. We need a movement of wasn't parties. This, wasn't this fun? Now you go do one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's the key point, right? Is this idea of I, I want I want us to begin to think about 
like the listener that's sitting there that they're working at their job or they're, you know, mopping the floor, they've got their kids running around. This isn't something that isn't for you. We see you. Put your mop down for a second. <laughs> you deserve a break. <laughs> or keep mopping because it's your job. Who knows? <laughs> but but this 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 is for you as well. Right? This idea, like God is reaching out to you. He wants you to hear from him. He wants you to understand you're called by him into something unique that you get to be a part of, as we've talked about, this idea of a party. And not only that, but that this is something that you can do. And it's, it's I feel like we often just put blinders on and we make things, once again, super complex. Maybe that's my new word, but it's, I, I think that's the thing with the Western culture for me that is so complicated to get over. How hard we make following Jesus. It's the, the um, amount of things that we put in front of it. And when I look at scripture, Jesus says to his disciples, follow me. And then he starts walking. <laughs> this is a moment where I just want to challenge people. Like he's, he's calling you. Mm-hmm. Like start walking mm-hmm. because you can do it. You have everything you need. You have tools at your disposal. You have the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the same Holy Spirit who rose Jesus from the dead inside of you. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> we keep looking for the strategy. Yeah, and Jesus's strategy is start, follow, start. Me. Just just to you know, uh, I, I love. You will yeah. be changed along the way. Exactly, and he said, "I will make you fishers of men." He's, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's the idea is I will shape you as you are following me. Mm-hmm. I will do the heavy lifting. I will do this. And I, and I think you're right. We over we have overcomplicated it to the point. I had a conversation with one of the people in our church last night. I was challenging uh, her to, to step into some leadership responsibilities. And I said, uh, I could tell she was a little, just a little apprehensive. And I said, you know, all you have to do is be you. I'm not asking you to be Stephen Barr. I'm not asking you to be anybody other than who you are and who Jesus is making you to be. And you could see the stress just leave as she contemplated the idea of just being herself. And I think that's what Jesus wants to do. He gives us everything we need. He gives us the giftings. He gives us the apex. He gives us the community of other people. All we have to do is thrive as the person that Jesus has designed us to it's, be. It's the Beatitudes, right? It's human, it's human flourishing at that point. Exactly. Right? Because that's the idea behind yeah. it, is human flourishing. It is he, decept- he desi- it's he deceptively simple. It is deceptively simple. We want to complicate it because we want to add to what Jesus is doing. We feel and, like we have to. And, and we get sort of, uh, we narrow in and miss the broader picture of who Jesus is and what he has done and the mission that he's called us to in the world, because we we think that the whole thing is just our, the, the answer to everything is just our gift, right? <laughs> and so it's it's interesting, if you hear an apostolic person, they go, well, the answer is we need to plant more churches and reach more people and go impact the region, the nation, the world. That's the answer is, is we need to be about the movement of God. And it's all they talk about, right? That's it. That's, that is the answer. And the prophet's going, 
The answer is that we care for the outcast and the marginalized and the disenfranchised and the people that Jesus would have cared for and that we stand up for, for the causes that matter. And um, they, they think that's the answer. And the evangelist is going, the answer <laughs> is that people who don't know Jesus need to know Jesus and they need that good news extended to them and they need to be brought around the table. Those that are far off are brought near. And the shepherd's going, you do all that. You don't have love. Mm-hmm. You're a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal, right? <laughs> it really comes down to love God, love your neighbor. That's mm-hmm. the answer. If we did that, we'd, we'd change the world. And the teacher's going, but we need truth. We need good doctrine. The answer is the word of God, right? Well, the answer is all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's all of them collectively. It's, it's the bigger, broader picture of the entire ministry of Jesus, not just mm-hmm. one piece or the other. And I think I, you said something. I, it was really, you, you said it quickly, but it was so powerful. It, it was often the focus is our gift. And the thing is, is when you're talking about APES, when you're talking about any spiritual gift for that matter, it's about Jesus. It's not about the gift. If we start focusing on the gift, now I, I think it's incredibly important to know how you are wired, how God has designed you, because it's just, it, obviously Paul would not have talked about it if that was not the case. But when we make the gift, the, it's like, well, that's my gift and that's not my gift. Mm-hmm. You get into very dangerous waters. No, no, this is about Jesus. And Jesus, he could do amazing things. I've seen people who do not have the gift of whatever, all of a sudden in that moment, be very gifted. Um it's, it, it's, this is ultimately about pointing people to Jesus and being Jesus to the world. And understanding that in, in seeing every person operating in those areas of strength, mm. we get a better picture of Jesus. Mm. So put it this way. You go back to that party analogy. We'll call it a barbecue, right? Mm-hmm. Got a big old barbecue at your place. Mm-hmm. Um, when people come over to your house and they see someone who's loving like Jesus— they see someone who's standing up for injustice. Mm-hmm. They see someone who invited them to the party and is good news. They see someone telling stories. They actually get a better picture of Jesus than if they just hung out with me or you. Mm-hmm. Because they're seeing all these different aspects of the ministry of Jesus and all these different people. And so they get a, a way better picture of Jesus and the kingdom of God than if they just saw one of us. It's a great the, the, the church community, right, the way we love each other, they'll know you're my disciples by your love for one another. When they experience our community, see these variety of gifts, they get a bit better picture of Jesus and his kingdom than when you're sort of solo maverick out there by yourself. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I, I, so I, I, want, I want to challenge us here a bit in the sense of if we're listening to that, what I loved about what you said, Mike, is uh, we get to see. Right? We get to see a better picture. And so what I want to challenge us to do, and this is for me just the same, is as you go to these parties, try and begin to look through that lens. Right, Be willing to see what's going on outside of yourself. Right, We're talking about removing the focus of self, mm-hmm. focusing on who the center of the story is, and, and really begin to see how those parties reflect more of the kingdom and embrace it and then be willing to replicate it. I mean, you can see already I'm going back into the 
evangelistic apostolic nature. Oh, we need to have more of those, right? <laughs> but 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 you can do it in a different frame. Well, and you go into that environment, and if you understand your wiring and identity, and and you say, okay, I don't have to be the life of the party. I'm more introverted. I'm more of a shepherd. I'm at this party. My goal is going to be to connect with a person and hang out and really listen to them. And that's really beautiful. Or if if you're maybe a prophet and you go, so-and-so is being completely left out. I'm going to go make sure that they're included and loved and not overlooked. Hmm. And you own that, right? Not feeling like I have to be like so-and-so. Or hmm. I, I have to prove my worth by having this different gift that's not me. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think you, you've said it in a previous podcast, but we're really bad at listening and yes. we're really bad at observing. We're so quick with the answer. We want to, you know, it's, we, we, we want to come in and fix it. And I think, it, I think if we could learn to listen to people, first of all, how, what, how many people really appreciate being listened to and active listening yeah like, active listening asking questions yeah so what do you engaged. mean by that what do you yeah. mean by that or when someone says is if someone's sitting at our table and they say well i i i really i don't believe in jesus it's like oh really tell tell me what what about it jesus that you don't believe Give them a chance. Listen and, and validate their. Instead of being, let me tell you why Jesus is real. Yeah, I, or you're I, wrong. I, I you're can, wrong. I can tell you. I have four points for you, <laughs> yeah, and by the end wrong. of this, you will know Jesus. It's, it's listening because oftentimes the things that they're saying, I wouldn't believe in that Jesus either. Mm-hmm. And so it's learning to listen and not and, and observing. Like I, I love the analogy of the party and being just watch. What is Jesus doing? What's happening here? And you'd be surprised. It's that. You, where the, we've talked about the call in the past or hearing from God, you start seeing what's happening, you'll start seeing what Jesus is doing. And then the next thing is, is you realize what your role is going to be in that. And if you know how you are uniquely wired with, with through the APEST, you're going to have a better idea as to how God's going to use you effectively. Yeah, I think if we listened and asked questions, we told stories, and then we confessed. Mm. We would we would make uh, much more of an impact as followers of Jesus than if we felt this pressure that every time we encountered other people we had to be the the um, the big answer person <laughs> that that we've we've got to solve everybody's problems and have all the answers. I, I think that's a turnoff to people. They don't want to be around that. Mm-hmm. They don't like it. It's it's frustrating. However, if they go, the Christians are the best listeners. That's good. The Christians are the chief confessors. The Christians love to tell really great stories. I think it would change our reputation. Well, I don't think I can add anything (laughs) to that uh, other than I, I think I want to take up that mantle. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I think it's maybe an oversimplification. I like adding shuns to work, but, <laughs> but can everyone do that? And I, I think the reality is the answer is yes. Are you willing? Yeah, it's that piece. Mm-hmm. Are you willing? 
And that's what we want to challenge you to. People ask often, can, can, can we do this, this uh, missional thing where we're living out our gift in the world and impacting the world in positive ways? And I always like to, to respond with, yeah, we can do it not alone. We can do it and we can do it together. And when you see yourself not as a spectator or as it, it all falls on my shoulders, but you say, I am a part of the team and with, with some others, we can make a difference. It's beautiful. It is. Mm-hmm. And so I think right now the only question is, is are you willing? Uh, are you are you willing to sort of submit, uh, not not to us in any way, but but to God? And so, I want to challenge you: be willing to hear from Him, be willing to experience His call, and understand that, yeah, you can do this if you're willing. Well, that does it for this episode for certain um, I would just encourage you to take a few moments and reflect on that question a willingness of your heart I'm Tim I'm here with Mike and Stephen we hope you're enjoying your time and we will see you on the outside